Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got to tell you about the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artists. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. Escape Artists produces these creams that help penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort that's fast absorbing. I use these after all my hard workouts. My favorite part is that they're not greasy and they do not stain my clothes or sheets. I can't say that about previous products I've used in the past. Now you can find this at your local light shade dispensary. There's 10 in the Denver metro area. It's going to be 11 in March. Light shade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers, edibles, tinctures, accessories, so much more. Now, podcast listeners, you can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNBR. All you got to do is shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a light shade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in both CBD and CBG. It helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more. And now you can get it delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Use promo code DNVR25 for 25% off your first purchase when you visit StravaCraftCoffee.com. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. Rockies news and notes, we'll get to that at the end. And drug testing, it's been thrown out the window. What does that mean for the future of baseball, or or at least the future of baseball in 2022? But let's get started with the big news of the day in the world of Colorado, and that's Bud Black's contract extension, as you know. I've been talking about this a little bit during the offseason, the fact that Bud Black was going into 2022 in the final year of a three-year extension that he had received at the beginning of the 2019 season. They tacked on three more years. It was supposed to end in 2019, but lo and behold, hey, he went to -to back-to-back postseasons, earned three more years tacked on to that deal. And so now he will be signed through 2023, so he won't be a lame duck manager. There was some thought that, well, you know, with a new general manager in Bill Schmidt, there's a chance that he may want his own guy in charge of this roster. But the situation being that Bud Black and Bill Schmidt have some association. They were together in in the past in various scouting departments. And obviously with Bill Schmidt having been the director of scouting through Buddy's first five seasons before becoming that interim GM and then full-time general manager. They obviously had a somewhat close and really positive working relationship. And considering the fact that, you know, this roster 
can't really get much more out of it with another manager. I mean, think about it. Even if you were to void every contract from the other 29 teams in MLB, is there really someone that you think could do a better job than Bud Black? Or even if they, even if you could make the case that, hey, you know what? I think this guy might manage a bullpen better or something like that, whatever your case may be, is it really going to move the needle that much with this roster? I would say no. And Buddy deserves to have this extension, again, not be a lame duck manager, especially when you consider, again, he's the only manager to have consecutive postseason appearances in the 29-year history of this franchise. And so Buddy's 64 years old here, and he's led the Rockies to a 349-359 and record over his five seasons, those 349 wins, of course, being third most for a Rockies manager behind Don Baylor at 440. Got to think at some point in the 2023 season, he'll go ahead and move into second place. First place might be a little bit harder with Clint Hurdle's 534 wins. He, of course, did that in parts of eight seasons. By the time this extension ends, Bud Black will have been manager of the Rockies for seven years and will actually bypass Don Baylor for the second longest tenured manager in Rockies history. Buddy was a manager of the year finalist in 2017, 2018 because of those back-to-back postseason appearances. As I mentioned, I kind of had an inkling that maybe he would get one third place vote this year, not because he took the Rockies to the precipice of making the postseason, but no, mostly because he got a lot more out of them that than I think people were expecting. And so Sometimes there are voters out there when it comes to manager of the year in a, in a season in which it was so decisively obvious that Gabe Kapler was the manager of the year of the 107 win San Francisco Giants, most in franchise history for another club who expectations were really low. You thought, well, look, Kapler's got first place locked up. I'll give my second place vote to the guy that I think did the second best job. But hey, you know what? I'll give a little extra hazard pay, if you will, to Bud Black, and he'll get my third place vote. But, of course, that was not the case. Overall, for his career as a manager, Bud Black sits at 998 wins. So he is very close to getting that 1,000th victory. He'll very certainly do it within the first week that we get baseball back. That would also put him in a a special class of only, only 62 managers who've ever not only managed 2,000 games, but of 66 managers who've ever won 1,000 games. Now, prior to the Rockies, you probably remember him most with the San Diego Padres, was the opposing manager in 2007 for that very notable game 163, the one in which instant replay shows that Matt Holiday slapped home plate without a shadow of a doubt. That's for any Padres fans out there that might not be sure which side of the fence I stand on. Hopefully that made it a little bit more clear to you. But Bud Black is also second all-time in most wins in that franchise as well with, with the Padres. Won 649 games in San Diego behind only Bruce Bochy, who was just shy of 1,000 wins during his 12 seasons in Southern California. But he even won NL Manager of the Year honors in 2010 by going 90 and 72. Did miss out on the postseason as there was only one wild card at that time. 
Now, in between those two positions as Padres manager and Rockies manager, he was a special assistant to the GM for the Los Angeles Angels in 2016. We'll get more into special assistance around Major League Baseball. As you may have heard, a former Rockies player, very well-liked and respected member of the Rockies very recently, was named to an assistant GM spot here on Monday. But before Buddy was appointed to the manager spot in San Diego, he did win the 2002 World Series as a pitching coach with those same Los Angeles Angels. Was also a special assistant to the GM in Cleveland there. And so he's he's a baseball guy. And if you didn't know, and I'm sure 99.9% of you listening to this podcast know that he had a very successful career in the major leagues, winning 121 games with a 3.84 ERA, mostly with Kansas City, Cleveland, and San Francisco. But Buddy has done an amazing job. Again, he was the man for the job that even before I started covering the Rockies, full-time and was just, you know, a hardcore fan in many ways, like most of you out there, it was very apparent in that 2016, 2017 off season that Bud Black was the number one person for the job, hands down. And it was from everything that I had witnessed with this organization that told me, well, then he's probably not going to get it. Ron Ranke is, is definitely going to be the guy that's going to be the next manager of this team. But no, Dick Monfort in the front office, they went out and got their guy. They got a they got a pitching coach really for the first time in franchise history and they got the right guy and because of that you started to see these amazing starting rotations from 2017 up until now. That entire group and there's been some guys who've gone in and out of that rotation, right? You remember Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson integral parts there in 2017 and 2018. Of course, we know John Gray is no longer around, but he was a part of that group. And then even just last year in 2021, they go and add a player like Austin Gomber, and he falls in line with this great starting rotation. And I think a lot of that goes to Bud Black. And so, look, if the starting rotation is still going to be the calling card of this team, and you still might be a few years away from truly contending with a minor league system that is getting better, at least in the lower levels, and has a lot more promise than it has in the last couple years, well, the starting rotation is still going to be in a very important part to getting this franchise back on track. And who better than Bud Black to help lead that way? Got to give a big shout out to everybody coming out to these Nuggets and Avs watch parties. It has been popping off down at the DNBR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. Just know that with your membership, if you don't have one yet, it's only 50 cents for your first month. If you want an annual membership, of course, that gets you a free shirt at the DNVRlocker.com, which, hey, if you want your free shirt to be the new DNVR Rapids tee that we've got, so excited for the soccer coverage we have coming here at the DNVR. But if you want that shirt to be your freebie, go for it. And when you're down at the bar, of course, don't forget to flash your membership because guess what? You get a bigger beer when you're at the corner of Colfax and York. And to all of our friends that are already drinking Strava Craft coffee to help with their recovery with all the wonderful CBD in the Strava Craft coffee, well, guess what? You're going to want to take your health to the next level, especially when I tell you about athletic greens. And you know what? 
even if you're just trying to get yourself sorted out, Athletic Greens is still going to be great for you because for me, it's helped and made a major difference in positive gut health. I found that being proactive with Athletic Greens has been way better for me than being reactive because usually at that point, it's too late. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, your body absorbs 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, minerals, and yes, adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens supports mental clarity and alertness, and it can become a micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. First three letters of Rockies, of course. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I swear by this, friends. Check it out today. And you know that the moment we've been waiting for since the start of the football season has finally arrived in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you need to do is bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, don't fret because you still have those same game parlays. That's how you can get in on the action. Yeah. Combine those multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get 56 to 1 odds on either the Bengals or Rams. Bet just 5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, as mentioned, Nick Hunley is that name, the former Colorado Rockies catcher from 2015 to 16, who was named special assistant to the general manager in Texas. Hunley, of course, spent 12 years in the majors and in Texas, he's going to reunite with his teammate in San Diego. In fact, his battery mate, Chris Young, the, the starting pitcher, Hunley caught him from 2008 to 2010, Chris Young. No longer a pitcher, not even a coach. Yeah, he's a GM, one of those special guys who's very bright, went to Princeton University, super smart dude. But those two have a great history together. And Hunley served for a little while over the last two years in MLB's front office. He was hired in 2020 in a somewhat general role as an MLB liaison to MLB clubs, players, and umpire. The press release also added that in the administration of on-field discipline and will provide insights regarding on-field rules, initiatives, technology, insta-replay, and other topics. So Hunley has been a baseball guy even when his career ended, even when we stopped seeing him at Coors Field, but was an integral player on the Rockies in 2015-2016. That core, that group of guys who would finally make that next step and go to the postseason in 2017 for the first time in eight years. One of the wonderful things about baseball is, is just the connections that can be made statistically or historically. And, you know, Nick Hunley's final game 
actually came against the Rangers at Globe Life Park, the, the previous stadium that the Rangers played. So a lot of interesting connections there between Nick Hunley and his new job. Now, Hunley's primary focus isn't exactly known right now for Texas, but he joins a really solid group of special assistants there in Texas. In fact, one of the best groups of special assistants. And by that, I mean as far as their playing career is concerned. Now, this group assembled there down in Arlington not only is made up of Nick Hunley, but Michael Young. You may remember him, shortstop, and then middle infielder, Colby Lewis, Brandon McCarthy, Pudge Rodriguez, the Hall of Famer, and another former Colorado Rockies player, Darren Oliver, all special assistants in the Rangers baseball operations department. Now, I went in and did a little research, been sitting on this, one of those things you do in the offseason, you create your own databases. I love Google Sheets. I love creating databases with random and various pieces of information. I'm sure when we talk with Drew Goodman, he will accuse me of having far too much time on my hands, and he would probably be right. But hey, what do you know? This information is coming in handy today because I thought, you know what? Who are the other special assistants around Major League Baseball? And so I found about 102 different names over the last three years can't always find up to the minute information on who's currently a special assistant to the general manager or to ownership, which is the case in some instances. The Cardinals have no information on their site about special assistants whatsoever, but you know with the great lineage that they have, they need to be working with some of their people in some capacity. LA Angels, nothing on their site. Same thing with the Miami Marlins, but I was able to find that Derek Jeter's old buddy, Jorge Posada, has been hired by them as a special assistant. Now, of course, we should start with the Colorado Rockies and the fact that Clint Hurdle and Vinny Castilla are the Rockies' two actual special assistants. Vinny, having been around for a while, it's wonderful coming to the ballpark and seeing him there every single day, working with players, helping them to get through any of their slumps, and just being this great representative of the entire organization and it's something that they need to do more of and and spoke about that this offseason bringing a lot more of these guys back and they did that they did that with Clint Hurdle who I don't think he really wanted a lot more responsibility and and being the team president you know he he still has a a somewhat young family and he's there for his son and daughter and if he's going to come back, it's got to be in the right spot. And you know what? Hey, special assistant helping out with the draft, doing a little stuff with scouting. That's kind of the sweet spot where he can work from home. He might have to go out on the road a little bit from here and there. And kind of a good combination of staying involved in the game of baseball while also you know having somewhat of a personal life. And, and Clint certainly deserves that at this point in his career. But a total of 14 former Colorado Rockies are currently special assistants in and around the game of baseball. You got Todd Green, who's a special assignment scout for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Jose Contreras, you may remember him very briefly during his time with the Rockies. He's a special assistant to baseball operations in Chicago for the White Sox. Jim Leland, 
one-time manager, one-year manager with the Colorado Rockies in 1999, is an special assistant to the GM there in Detroit, a place where he took the Tigers to two World Series appearances. Joel Peralta, how about that for a name? Yes, he's a special assistant in the baseball operations department for the Dodgers. We'll get to some of those Dodgers names because there's some teams that have some real interesting names and some guys that had amazing careers, and none of them are associated with the Dodgers, which I found to be a little surprising. In Milwaukee, you've got Quinn McCracken. What's that Milwaukee connection? You've got me. I don't know. We'll have to ask Drew Goodman if he knows why Quentin McCracken is working with Milwaukee. We know why Milwaukee would want him to be a part of their organization, but how did it come that Quentin McCracken ended up in Milwaukee as a special assistant? In Minnesota, you've got three big names, Michael Kadire, Latroy Hawkins, and Justin Morneau. In San Diego, a special assistant to player development is Steve Finley, very briefly on the 2007 Colorado Rockies team. So he's got himself an NL championship ring. In Texas, as I mentioned, Nick Hundley and Darren Oliver are both there. And last but not least, one where you've got a connection not with the player and the team, but with the player and the team's son. That's right. It went down this past year in 2021, but Dante Bichette is a special assistant in Toronto. Now, of the 75 living Hall of Famers, nearly a third are special assistants. And no, Larry Walker is not one to my knowledge. Maybe he's one of those guys working for St. Louis that they're just not advertising that they have him there. He would be fantastic to see around the ballpark a lot more here in Colorado. But I would say Minnesota, they lead the way with four Hall of Famers in their employ. Burp Lylevin, Rod Carew, Jack Morris, Tony Oliva. And then you've got a bunch of teams that have two Hall of Famers in their midst. Baltimore with Brooks Robinson and Eddie Murray. White Sox with Jim Tomei and Frank Thomas. Astros with Craig Biggio and Reggie Jackson. Yeah. That was a strange one. I think the Yankees kind of let him down. And you may remember seeing Reggie around the Astros during the postseason, working a little bit with Jose Altuve. And so, hey, look, if you're going to cut a check, big check, you're going to put Reggie Jackson's name on it. I mean, hey, he's going to take it. He's not going to turn that down. You'd be a fool. You'd be a fool. In Oakland, for the Athletics, Raleigh Fingers and Ricky Henderson are their two Hall of Famers who work as special assistants. The Phillies have Mike Schmidt and former GM Pat Gillick. In Boston, the Red Sox have Pedro Martinez and new Hall of Famer David Ortiz. And finally, the Mariners have Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar Martinez. And if you just look at that list right there, you got to say, well, if you've got two Hall of Famers working in your front office, that already gives you a step up if we're going to match them head to head. But if you're going to dig a little bit deeper at who has the best team on field team of special assistants, when you look at their career, Hey, that Texas squad certainly has to be up there with Michael Young, Pudge Rodriguez, Nick Hundley, Brandon McCarthy, all really solid careers. Even Colby Lewis, who I believe was on a hall of fame ballot, a sneaky, good career giants. Hey, it starts with Willie Mays right there. But it also includes Felipe Alou, a guy, does he get in the Hall of Fame as a manager? Maybe not. Bruce Bochy, most definitely, with his three World Series rings. And Barry Bonds, who we know will get in 
at some point eventually, probably in his lifetime, you got to hope that would certainly be very cruel to to wait for something like that to happen upon his passing. And Manny Randawa of MLB.com, his favorite player, Will Clark. So the Giants, super good squad. Seattle only has the three guys, Griffey and Edgar. And then the third one, well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point, Mr. Ichiro Suzuki. And as I as I teased earlier, the Dodgers, man, the, the most notable name they have working for them as a special assistant to the general manager or special assistant to the owner, something in that capacity, is Chase Utley. And next up is Jose Vizcaino on that list. If you're smiling right now, there's a good chance that smile was put on your face by Green Mountain Dental Group because they take care of our DNVR listeners to make sure that your dental care is being taken care of. The health of your mouth can be critical to the health of your body. It's true. Now, Green Mountain Dental Group is the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And now when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That Breckenridge Brew, man, they are a-flowing down on the corner of Colfax, New York, at the DNVR bar. And now's really the time of year to tap into that avalanche ale. That's going to keep you warm all throughout the winter, especially as it blends that pale chocolate and caramel malt flavor for a well-rounded, flavorful beer. It's crafted for balance, so it's versatile and a satisfying anytime beer. I'm talking Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Ale. And now that the holidays are over, I know you want to turn over that new leaf. That's why you're going to Strava Craft Coffee. That's why you're getting your athletic greens. Well, guess what? You still might be a little bit beat up and tired. That's why you got to go to Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, and check out their solution. It's Wana. That's right. No matter when you take them, Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. It's not like that over-the-counter stuff that's going to knock you out with powerful drugs and leave you in a fog. I can tell you from firsthand experience, my father cannot live without his Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep gummies now that they're living here in colorado man he uses these bad boys and he wakes up the next morning feeling refreshed now wana's carefully calibrated formula contains 10 milligrams of cbd and just a hint of thc it's going to get the eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes but in zero minutes you can order wana optimals fast asleep gummies at lightshade.com and get 25 percent off with code dnvr Use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 10 Denver Metro area locations, soon to be 11 next month. Well, one interesting wrinkle that has come out of this lockout has been the fact that the joint drug agreement that covers players on the 40-man roster, of course, major league free agents, certain international free agents, that has ultimately been suspended. There is no drug testing right now. In the major leagues. Now, this this happened once the CBA had expired. And not exactly like that. I should rephrase. Now, in a different world in which there's not a lockout, the previous CBA remains the governing document. So you could almost have had the players go into the 2022 season without a new CBA. And they would have just played under the rules and regulations and procedures of what you had in place in 2021. Now, 
this is what happened in 1994. And when they couldn't work something out, the players made the first move and they went on strike and we lost that on the World Series. So of course the owners did not want to allow for something like that. And so they instituted a lockout. Now be- only because, only because of the lockout, the MLB, MLB, PA, joint drug agreement expired. It was canceled. Now, normally what this means in an offseason is you could have about 7,300 tests administered. I mean, that's at least what was administered from 2017 to 2021. So we're talking thousands of tests that will not be done. And although it hasn't been entirely confirmed, it does stand to reason that this testing has been suspended over the last two months. And of course, this is not a great look, but there's so many things going on right now with the game of baseball during this lockout that this is just one of those things that it's just whatever. You just got to throw your hands up and say whatever. But I think it's actually a much bigger deal in a lot of ways. Now, obviously, you've got the comparison with the fact that there was this work stoppage with the player strike at the end of 94 and the owners locking out the players at the beginning of 95. And how did they save the game? Well, they really just looked the other way on a problem that only got worse and worse, even though revenue went up and up and got better and better. It was something that both parties benefited in. We've went through all of this during two weeks of Hall of Fame coverage. The fact that, sure, players used performance-enhancing drugs, drugs that were illegal in the United States, but were somehow, somehow not illegal within Major League Baseball. And yet, even though the powers that be were aware that this was an issue, to do something about it would have meant taking money out of their own pockets. And sure, it did mean damaging the history of baseball and and ruining the record books. But for really everyone involved, the greater good was served. Hey, we made more money. And this almost sends the exact same sign of, hey, you know what? When we come back, if we come back, and I really mean if we come back at a non-reasonable time, because if we miss half the season or Maybe even if it's only a month, owners are complicit here in looking the other way. There's also an element, too, that we've been talking about this entire offseason, that the players may be pushed up against the wall and be made to be bad guys in a lot of ways and say, hey, look, we're going to get the season started here. We're going to do three weeks of spring training. You normally get six. We're going to cut it in half. You cool with that? No, of course not. We've got six months of baseball to play, and if you make the postseason, you're going to be playing a seventh. We already saw how the pitching stabs were decimated for Atlanta and Houston. Houston was a little bit healthier going into that World Series, but Atlanta was calling up guys from AAA that hadn't even played in the majors yet. And sure, the players only had three weeks of spring training in 2020, but they were only playing for two months. So... Don't get me wrong. Owners are not condoning any kind of PED use, but there's going to be players out there who are going to need to make their bodies a little bit stronger and repair some nagging issues that they may have just to be able to get through this next season, especially if they're only given three weeks to get ready for it, especially the pitchers too. 
that's another element of this that we forget when we talk about PEDs in the 90s and early 2000s about the hitters. Yeah, you can see that usage a lot more clearly, especially when you're hitting 500-foot home runs and the totals are like nothing we've ever seen before. And a guy like Sammy Sosa hits 60 home runs in three different seasons, and he doesn't even lead the league. But pitchers are doing that too to get their bodies ready for 162-game season, even if pitchers aren't throwing as long as they normally do. We get it. We know why. And we know that teams aren't giving pitchers the opportunity to go long. That's a, that's a conversation for another day. Are, are pitchers unable to go 7-8, or are their teams just not allowing them to? And are their teams asking them and requesting for them to, you know what, just empty the tank after five innings? So instead of kind of leaving some in the reserve so you can go and stretch out longer, you know what? If you only have 85 pitches today, we want them to be the 85 best possible because we're probably not going to let you get to the 86. We'll talk about that another day. But I don't know that this is going to be a major problem, but it's one of the things that I think we have to worry about. I remember talking with Kevin Henry from Roxpile about this same thing that, again, after the 94-95 work stoppage, Baseball had to figure out a way to repair its public image. And they were able to do that not only with Cal Ripken Jr. in 1995 with his chase to break Lou Gehrig's consecutive game streak, but more specifically in 1998 with the home run chase. And you say, wow, that saved the game. Well, look, the game is hurting right now in a lot of ways. And there are people that have spent thousands of dollars already on spring training and they may not get it. They might book a rental in Arizona for the final week in February when the games get started in spring training or the first week in March. And now they may have to cancel those reservations because they are getting all indications that we're probably not going to have a normal spring training. It's supposed to start essentially a week from today when you're listening to this. And it most certainly Will not. Owners are meeting right now in Orlando. Players Association are meeting with players in Arizona. And then next week, they're going to meet with some of the players, that contingency over in Florida in the Grapefruit League. We should get some words from Commissioner Rob Manfred as he speaks to media on Thursday. But ultimately, no meeting has been scheduled between MLB and the Players Association. So how is baseball going to revitalize itself? Can't do the PED thing again because there are certain measures that are in place that were are that's going to there are certain measures in place that are going to prevent that from happening. But they got to do something. They've got to figure something out because this thing is falling apart a little bit. If you're listening to this podcast, Look, you're a baseball fan. You're not going to go anywhere. You might not spend as much money going down to the ballpark, going down to Coors Field. You might go to one less game than you normally do. But you're a hardcore and you love the game. And so, sure, this is really bad for baseball's image. And you're really pulling the curtain back to expose the seedy underbelly of of the financials. You don't want to hear about that. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. And I think we're all getting to experience that 
in some shape or fashion. And it's, it's gross. Just like literal sausages. I, I don't want to know. I'll just, I'll eat them. That's it. But I don't actually see how they get made. And I don't know how baseball is going to try to come back from this. I don't know that they've fallen all that far just yet because, hey, it's, it's pretty easy to ignore baseball in the offseason, even when it's a normal offseason. But when you've got football going on, again, the Super Bowl is going to be on Sunday. As soon as, you know, we typically are supposed to hear that first pop of the catcher's mitt and we don't hear it, that's really when people are going to start getting upset and really start to notice, hey, yeah, wait, what is going on with baseball? Because I tell you, even, you know, whether I lived in New Jersey or I lived in Colorado and it was a cold day in the middle of February, as soon as you start to see video of pitchers and catchers in sunny Florida or Arizona, boy, oh boy, do you get hyped. And it feels like spring is here. Maybe not literally where I'm at, but guess what? Spring is upon us. Spring has sprung. And if it doesn't spring next week, because there's no new CBA, people are going to be very disappointed. And we're really going to see some of the fallout from all this. One other thing I wanted to add as far as players possibly being pushed up against the wall and potentially being made to look like the bad guy, our own Patrick Saunders here from Denver was the first who broke the story about MLB and the Baseball Writers Association of America having a discussion and they're They've pretty much decided between those two organizations that press will be allowed back in the clubhouse before and after games. That is very exciting. We haven't had that since September of 2019. That was the last time during the regular season that we had that. We had a taste of it, obviously, in a little bit in the beginning of 2020 and spring training before that got shut down. But in 2020, weren't even allowed down on the field. In 2021, we were allowed down on the field, and once the guys were coming in, hey, you'd have the entire 26-man roster rushing towards you for them to go back into the clubhouse, and you had one shot to grab that one guy that you wanted to get an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with. And now, that won't be the case. Well, it might not be the case because the Players Association has to approve that. And so again, MLB, in, a, in another chess move, is saying, hey, players, look, you can put your foot down on this if you wanted to, and things would go back to what they've been the last two years, certainly at least how they were in 2021, where press is allowed down on the field. You know, you can watch batting practice, watch the guys warm up. You can pull them aside for a one-on-one -on -one interview, but it's outdoors, it's safe, and maybe a little bit more limited, a little less intimate because there's more people around. You might not be able to ask as many off-the-record questions, but the players. Balls in their court to decide, do they want to be the bad guy or do they want things to go back to the way they've been? And I really hope that they do go back to the way that they've been because it's going to allow, again, for so much more connection for us to be able to do our job and to have those conversations. I can't tell you how many times I walked into a clubhouse and there weren't very many players in there, weren't a lot of press in there, and I know who I wanted to target. I know who I wanted to interview that day that I had some questions with, but I would see a player just kind of sitting in his chair, not doing much of anything. And I remember something that happened in the, the previous day's game that wasn't terribly important, but I'll just kind of ask them, oh yeah, hey, what happened? That was really weird. And something comes of it. And you learn something about a player on another team 
or you learn something about strategy or an experience that, hey, wow, that weird and wacky play that went down, this player has experienced it three other times in his career, once in college, once in high school, once when they were at Hartford, and that's why they dealt so well in that situation and that experience and why they were so prepared for this awkward situation, whatever it may be. And so that stuff is just invaluable to have all of those little anecdotes about players, their, their background and, and those things again, that are, that are off the record. Not that they are that critical, but you just get an inkling of, Hey, maybe this guy might not fit in the clubhouse quite as well. And maybe you understand why this guy wasn't brought back or this player was traded or this guy get just maybe didn't get as much playing time as maybe they thought. And so you get to learn those things with the clubhouse access. So I'm, I really am hoping that that comes back because that undoubtedly will help take our coverage at DNVR Rockies to another level. We've already planned out the entire season, at least the first half. So we already had a really great plan in place, but this is going to open even more doors. On Thursday's show, we'll probably have to go in a little bit more detail on various topics like Roberto Ramos goes and signs a minor league deal with the Boston Red Sox. What does that mean for this former Rockies prospect? Does he have a chance to make the 40-man roster and, and make the opening day roster next year with the Red Sox? The Trevor Bauer situation, he's not going to face criminal charges in relation to the sexual assault allegations against him. And what does that mean for him? What does that mean for the MLB investigation that's still going on? And do the LA Dodgers welcome him back in their clubhouse? What do they do? What can they do? I'll have to talk about that more on Thursday. And the, the Giants have uh, mini season ticket plans for sale. What's what? Okay. Hey, look, I, I, I get it. But again, not a great look right now, Giants. You can't be selling season tickets to a season that you can't guarantee is going to happen, especially when you're locking out your players. So I have a lot more to break down this week. Drew Goodman's going to be on. Got Mark Knudsen coming on. Make sure you are tapped in to the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. You know we're going to go live on Thursday with Drew Goodman for his weekly spot. See if we can stump him with some more great Rockies and baseball trivia. We'll have Mark Knudsen talking all things Colorado baseball and, and being on that original 1993 expansion roster with the Rockies. He's a Denver guy, one of only six, born in Colorado and actually have had played with the Rockies. So we'll talk to him on noon on Friday. Make sure you're tapped into the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. The account certified. I'm not yet. We're going to get there. Thank you so much for supporting us. This has been another fun one, but you know what they say. Momentum is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.